Hey everyone, uh, welcome to another uh, Spooky Appalachia live stream. We've got uh, Teresa here from Teresa's Haunted History. Welcome, Teresa. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, and for those of you uh, just tuning in for the first time, I'm Phil, and uh, I'm Jimmy. This is Jimmy. Yeah. Um. Cool. Cool. Um. So yeah, welcome everyone, and welcome Teresa. Uh, do we want to start, Teresa? Tell us a little bit about sort of what you do, your your blog, and that that kind of thing. Uh. Yeah. Sure. So I kind of have two roles in the paranormal community. Um. First and foremost, I'm a paranormal investigator with with spectral research and investigation out of Huntington, West Virginia. Um, I've been investigating for, oh gosh, probably about 20 years now um, in some kind of official capacity. Um, But even before I joined SRI, um, way, way back in my Huntington paranormal days, I started a little project called Teresa's Haunted History of the Tri-State. Cool. Yeah. Started that back in 2006. And it's just, it's kind of, the blog has changed and morphed over the years mm-hmm. and 2011 it started out as a free webs page oh. and <laughs> yeah that's how old <laughs> the blog is um it actually it's it started out it was never meant to be anything that like the public was ever supposed to see sure um it was like you know kind of like a little in-house thing um i had kind of gotten thrust into this position as the historical research manager okay. uh, for my paranormal investigation team and i know i'm a little bit older than you guys but back when i started doing this we're pretty old really- so <laughs> <laughs> There was really only a couple of places online where you could get information on like haunted locations. Yeah, there, and there's none. Yeah, they they weren't. I don't want to say they were bad because they weren't bad, but um, the t- the two websites in particular, and I won't name them because I'm sure a lot of people know what they are. But they were, you know, like you know, anybody could submit a haunted location to these websites. And so, you know, anybody with an internet connection and a computer could write whatever the heck they wanted to. And so sometimes, you know... Oh, gosh, Phil, she's talking about SpookyAppalachia.com. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes these were just, like, completely historically wrong. You know, there was just, you know, no basis in fact. And then another aspect was a lot of them really weren't useful to paranormal investigators looking for places because it was like you know my grandpa's barn down you know on so-and-so road is haunted it's like well, okay how how do i get there you know yeah. can i get there so okay now that genuinely kind of, is us <laughs> we love those kind of <laughs> stories well yeah i yeah. love them and i collect them but i can't investigate no, no, that yeah, i don't know where grandpa's barn yeah. is <laughs> So I started collecting, you know, the, the, the places that had a little bit more meat to them mm-hmm. and started kind of deep diving into them. Okay, well, here's like the real history. Here's, you know, the documented witness reports and just kind of, you know, write a little summary, collecting the links. And, uh, you know, we put, we put it on our, um, we had a forum back then. <laughs> That's how long ago that was. We actually had a message board. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're like, you know, you should really share this with other people. And so I don't know anything about web design. So I was like, okay, free webs, you know, it's cheap, it's easy. And I had so much traffic and so much stuff on there that I was 
pretty much meeting my bandwidth within uh-huh. the first or second day of the month. <laughs> wow. So, was, yeah. so I had to go to a different platform. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I think that kind of segues into another question I had, like looking at, at your blog, you have a lot of really great sort of historical, like newspaper articles. Where do you source Mm -hmm. that kind of thing? Or or what's the, what's the sort of, when, when you're looking into these historical places and the history of all these, these paranormal areas, what's a day in your, your sort of documenting and archiving look like? Um, oh gosh, it's all over the place. I, I have ADHD, so I'm all over the place when it comes to that. Uh, the, the interest in really documenting the historical newspaper stuff kind of started way, way back. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be pulling newspaper articles like at the library through Microfish. Okay. And a couple of times, you know, I'd be trying to get like an obituary or something for a case we were working on. Sure. And I would find an article just by accident that was like, Ooh, that's kind of weird. You know, that's kind of spooky. And so, you know, I'd clip it and pull it and everything. And, uh, but it really, really started during the, you know, the early pandemic days, Mm um, when, you know, you couldn't go to the library and we weren't going out and investigating that much. So I had a lot of free time at home. Um, and so I signed up for a couple of newspaper subscription archives um chronicling america is a free one cool that has some great great articles and you know if i'm bored or just want some inspiration or can't sleep <laughs> then i'll just get on one of those websites and you know just type in something like you know ghost stories or you know ufos um mm-hmm. you know i try to be creative with it especially going back historically like yeah. okay what did they, what would they have written about? What words would they use? Spooks, hates, um, you know, stuff like that. And I've, I've found some really weird stuff over the years. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'd, I'd known there was like a library of Congress one, but I haven't heard of those other ones. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's really well, hard. yeah, the, the chronicling America it's runs the, the, okay. That's the library, library of Congress. Congress. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, before we go too much further, uh, maybe we should say, Hey, to everybody in the chat. It's, uh, yeah. Hi everyone. Uh we're glad we're glad y'all tuned in again. Oh um, yeah. Deuster, Looks like we got a few regulars. Yeah, yeah Deuster is uh from Wild the the Wild and Weird. Um <coughs> there he's a he's a big uh, paranormal expert we should have on one day. Moth Mistress, I don't see oh there she is. Hey Moth Mistress, uh Barefoot Paranormal has an interesting channel. She's actually got two um She's got a uh, massage channel too, and a paranormal investigation channel. I need uh, LeBron, one of our regulars here. Hey, man! And uh, yeah, looks like everybody right now. Hey, everyone! Playing with the new toy of, of yeah, yeah. The, well, this, I, I, I wanted to take a second to say hey to everybody. Yeah. The same day, so. <clears throat> Where were we? Oh, we uh, were talking about the newspaper articles. Mm-hmm. Okay, we talked about how you got started. That. Your blog, I, I, you probably know this, but everybody in the area knows about your blog and uses it. I have not met a single person that hasn't talked to me about your blog. It's Aww. it's crazy. I don't know if you knew this, but it, it, it really is talked about a lot in the community. That's locally. awesome. Thank you. Welcome. I mean, I, I'm I glad use it it's, too. it's serving its. I'm glad it's serving its purpose because that's you know what I want to do. Is I get so excited when I learn about this new stuff, and I just I want to share mm-hmm. it. And 
that seems like a great avenue for me to share it is stick it up there and hope that people read it. No, they do. And uh, if I'm looking for a place, I think uh, Phil and I, yeah, Phil and, when Phil and I were going up to Sutton, how many months ago was that? January. I uh, I was like, you know, I bet you, I bet anything, there's at least one place we could stop by on the way up, and I checked your site and found one. Thanks. It's funny because sometimes, like, you know, I've been writing stuff and putting this stuff up there for so long. Um, like, the, the current blog itself was started in 2011, but some of it's transferred over from back from 2006. And uh, so I'll get on Google and search for something, and I'll, like, find myself. I was like, oh, I've already written about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, you, you know you've made it at that point where you start setting <laughs> yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um so sort of thinking about it more from like the the investigative angle, how'd you get started in that and and what are some of the the coolest places that that you've gone and and seen? Um I think I know it sounds kind of like, you know, I don't know, maybe cliché or sappy or whatever, but I think I was like kind of meant to be in this field. Um it's not something that, you know, a lot of people are like, they have that one defining moment. They, you know, have that experience or something happens and they're like, okay, I've got to find the answer to this. This is just something that ever since I can remember, I've been so fascinated with and so interested in. Um, and then a lot of that I blame on my grandparents because they were, you know, the, the good Scots-Irish, you know, Cherokee Appalachians. Um had a lot of ghost stories that they would tell me when I would go visit. They would point out like all the haunted houses around the town. And <laughs> my grandpa was always like, yeah, see that haunted house over there. That's where, you know, so-and-so killed his wife. And, you know, we're going to go investigate over there when you get older. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so that, that kind of bumped it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the ones that started me on my, you know, collection of, you know, paranormal literature, they, you know, gave me my first ghost books, you know, the ones by Ruth Ann Music and James Gay Jones and um, Hans Holzer was a big one. Uh, my grandpa was a huge fan. And so that that's the stuff that I was reading when I was like six or seven. <laughs> um, then when I was about nine or 10, my mom got remarried and we moved into a new house. And, you know, when I was little, like I would say stuff like, oh, you know, who's that person over there and stuff. So, yeah. But never really, I didn't think had, you know, like a paranormal experience or anything until we moved into that house. And it was just like all hell had broken loose. Um, we, we know that there was a person who passed away in the backyard of that house, but it kind of seemed like we always called it a halfway house for ghosts <laughs> because people would see like the same apparitions over and over again for a short period of time. And then we never see him again. Hmm. So, you know, like in middle school and stuff, I got the reputation, like nobody wanted to spend the night with me. Like <laughs> all, <laughs> Nobody wanted to have sleepovers at my house. Cause it was haunted. And, you know, like my friends would come over and they'd call their parents in the middle of the night crying because they saw the man walk down the hallway. <laughs> that's, that's a response to me. <laughs> as, as, as a teenager. 
<laughs> yeah. And my mom traveled a lot for work too. So I was, you know, as an older teenager mm-hmm. and young adult, you know, I was home alone there a lot and yeah, it was. <laughs> so I, that's when I really started like researching, like, okay, what could be causing this? What's definitely not paranormal? What, you know, maybe it can be paranormal. Um, and, you know, so I figured I've got, you know, this experience living in a haunted house. I've got a pretty good idea of, you know, some things we can rule out. Maybe I can help other people with what I've learned. And like I said, like back when I started, I graduated high school in 2001 and there was very few groups in West Virginia and really none in my area. And so I had to, you know, write like actual letters, <laughs> you know, because they, they weren't answering their email. Yeah. You know, they had email, but they weren't answering us. I had to write an actual letter to a couple of groups. The AOL disc like, ran out. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we don't want you. You're only 18. You're too young. And so. My friends and I just, we started out doing this on my, you know, on our own until I found a group that they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll teach you. And that's, cool. so that's how I got started. Awesome. We um, have a uh, question from yeah, the the chat. Uh, LeBron yeah. Fett wants to know, have you investigated in the Chattanooga area? I haven't. I've never been to the Chattanooga area, even. I don't believe I've passed through that area. But no, south It's nice. I've been there. There's a yeah. lot of good hiking areas and stuff. That's Georgia, yeah. right? Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, but near. It's kind of on the the yeah, southeast okay. corner of Tennessee. We investigate a lot in West Virginia and have recently just sort of branched out into Ohio and Kentucky more. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those are the only three states that I've formally investigated in. Do some Southwest Virginia too. (laughs) So uh, what are some of the places you've been, uh, I guess in those, in those areas, like some, some neat places. Um, yeah, we, we've been over the years to most of, you know, the big popular ones, mm-hmm. the West Virginia State Penitentiary is, I mean, that one's the one that, like, everybody knows about. It, it, it never disappoints. It's interesting. I mean, even when you're there on a public We've had some stories sent in from there, too. I believe so, yeah. Um, Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. That's a really cool one. Um, just the history of a lot of these places is what really draws me in. I know yeah. a couple of the bigger ones that are getting more attention and since they've been on TV <laughs> is uh, the old hospital in uh, Williamson, West Virginia. That one's starting to get more attention. We were one of the first handfuls of groups that were able to get into there. Oh, and cool. we, we had some really weird experiences there. We had a guy that was doing a magazine article that came with us and the magazine article finally came out and he won't talk about what he experienced there. It was so crazy. What, what, what kind of experience? I mean, can you tell us a little um, bit about that? Yeah. Um, like I've talked about it before. I don't know why okay. you won't cause we've all talked about it. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, it's an older hospital It's built in the 1920s and you know, it stayed as a hospital up until the 1980s 
then they used it for doctor's office buildings. Then, you know, it was pretty much used for storage for the new hospital. And then it kind of just was left to rot. Um, then the city kind of used it for different things, for storage and stuff. And then um, a couple of entrepreneurs, including the mayor of the town and his wife, and then a, another partner, uh, Tanya Webb, purchased it. And they're like, you know, we, we can do something great with this. And they started out like doing Halloween haunted houses in it and then I've kind of turned it into a Halloween uh, paranormal playground now. They have all kinds of cool events. They do weddings there. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, like <laughs> Valentine's events. It's awesome. But so there's there's four floors in a basement. And on the fourth floor is one of the floors that's supposed to be one of the most haunted. And back when the building was still operational, we didn't really get a whole lot of stories about what was up there. Just that the cleaning staff would not stay up there past dark. Like that was like the first area that they cleaned because they were terrified of that area and they wanted to get out of that area. Um, so it's like this big open, you know, place. Um, there's, you know, the room, one room up there is this big open room and then it opens up into a hallway. And so we were sitting in the big open room, kind of looking out the door and, it was just like a kind of a series of things started like building up. We had the obelisk. Now the obelisk that I was using is this, the old school, like very first obelisk out. Um, the obelisk, well, maybe it wasn't the first one. It was the obelisk X and it has the plug-in digital readout because <laughs> so you can actually see what it's saying. Cause you can't understand those things half the time. And it's not programmed to say like, it's, it's not like, the phone apps that are similar to that like it, it doesn't have a microphone in it it's not going to pick up what you're saying so we were talking and it says my name and it spells it correctly mm. <laughs> and I didn't think that my name was one of the program dictionary words in there because I mean Teresa's is not a super common name and even the more common spelling of it is not the way I spell it yeah. so it was weird that that came up spelled correctly um, so we're kind of all sitting up there and we can see like a shadow moving across the door and we keep seeing it and we're kind of watching it and we're all kind of spread out in this room. And I had looked away for just a second <laughs> and I was looking over at my friend Bree. She's sitting to the left of me. And, uh, so I missed it, but, um, Brian, our SRI founder and Zach, the magazine guy, both saw it at the same time. And they described it both like separately because we separated them and like made them you know, tell us their story separately. It was this like, I guess like a pinkish orangish um, humanoid like figure like peeked its head around the corner of the door and they could see this human head shape come around the door and they both saw it at the same time. And, uh, so I didn't, I didn't see it because I was looking away, but I looked away when I saw Zach, who's like, you know, six, three, six, four, he was kind of sitting back like this and he like crab walked, jumped, like flew backwards. And I looked over and he's like on top of Brian and they're like tangled up, <laughs> like flailing around. I'm like, what happened? Like, did you see that? Did you see that? I was like, no, I was looking over there. Um, but I have experienced other things up there. Um, 
this it wasn't that time but it was the second time that we were at old hospital on college hill and we were in that same room and i happened for whatever reason started having a panic attack in that room and i'm like i'm i'm fine i'm you know i'm okay don't worry about me just you know let me get this out of my system and then i was fine and i was like i think i need to go sit in the hallway um so brian and james came out in the hallway with me to sit out there and as we were sitting out there we all saw this it was this little black i guess shadow figure mm-hmm. shadow being thing but we and it was like popping in and out through the doorways in the hallways like scooby-doo kind of like yeah, yeah it was like, but at one point we kind of saw it like peeking at us and we all saw it at the same time and it described it we saw like white eyes oh. and we're like that's oh. really weird dang that's awesome yeah uh, we have another question from the chat from LeBron Fett. Uh, do you have a favorite investigation? Um, I don't think so. Um, I'm the kind of person that I love them all. <laughs> like every investigation we go on, I'm like, this is my new favorite place. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I get kind of like obsessed with, you know, going to a new place. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to learn all the history and everything and, you know, this is awesome. Um, I, did, I, did, I mean, I do have a couple of favorite locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Deep End Antiques in Beckley, West Virginia is one of our regular locations that never disappoints. That's one we um, need to go film at. I've yeah, Hunted Antique Store sounds awesome. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard a lot about this one. Do you want to talk about that one a little bit? I, I, I don't guess many people here have heard about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can talk about that one. So... Deep End Antiques, um, the reason why they call it the Deep End is because it was built directly over the swimming pool of the old Honey in the Rock Motel. And so they have like the nice, you know, modern little tin building or whatever. I guess it's not tin, but it's, you know, it's got the siding and stuff on it. Um, So nice new modern antique store sitting right where the pool was. And... There's a couple other little businesses in that area. It's in Beckley. But they still, right? it's in Beckley, uh huh. East Beckley. And they still have a lot of motel rooms in the back. And, you know, some of them are being used for storage um, for various businesses, including, you know, the Travis, the owner of the antique store, has a couple of the buildings back there. So the Honey in the Rock Motel, it's it's built at this crossroads, um, which, you know, right there is like, oh, a crossroads. It's also a crossroads of several different bodies of water, several different creeks. And it's in an area that the history itself, just the land has this all this crazy stuff that has happened. Um, there was troop movement there during the Civil War. Um, it's right over where some of the mines were, where there was a mine explosion. Uh, it's right below a old country club that was recently on a national TV show, um, the Black Knight Country Club. Black Knight Country Club has a reputation itself for being haunted and also the place of a pretty famous murder and also a reputation of being a place where some of the wealthier citizens in the Beckley area would um, partake in satanic rituals 
and other nefarious activities. So it's got this weird, crazy history, like right up the hill from it. Um, Beckley was, sounds like uh, a party. So there was a cop that was shot out in the parking lot. Um, it's just the, 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 there's that whole area has been used for like different things over the years, but the Honey in the Rock Motel was built in the 60s and it was built as a hotel for tourists to stop at when they would go stop and see the, the Honey in the Rock play. That's, you know, one of our famous plays down here that's been running for, oh my gosh, decades. And it did really good business in the summertime. Um, but then, you know, it in the off season, there wasn't a whole lot of travelers coming through there. And then they started building, you know, the interstate came through and they were building hotels and motels closer to the interstate. This one wasn't really getting a whole lot of respectable travelers stopping through. Um, so then, you know, they, they built a nightclub. Um, a rest, there was a restaurant and a nightclub. The owner's son ran the nightclub. And it got kind of a reputation for being a place where if you wanted women, if you wanted drugs, that's where you'd go. Um, the place got robbed <laughs> several times, um, quite a few times, actually. And just over the years, it got worse and worse and worse until it was... I mean, a, a huge, huge place for prostitution and drugs and a lot of violence. And in one of the old motel rooms is a story where a prostitute was brutally murdered. Um, and then we have some other stories about, you know, people being killed in the area. And of course, we have like the big major one where the, the cop was shot like in the parking lot. And so... We, we went into this investigation for the very first time and we didn't know a lot of the stories mm -hmm. and we're just like, okay, you know, we, we've got some things at play here. You know, we've got an antique store and we've got this historic property. Are the hauntings coming from the antiques? Are they coming from the property? And we found out that it's a little bit of both mm -hmm. and a little bit of something else that we've never even could imagine that we would have experienced. That's wild. That's you know, people. I'm still stuck on like the satanic rituals at the country club. How did that like? Were there reports of that? Like, how did that get started? I don't know exactly how that got started. Uh, my mom is from Beckley. Okay. She grew up in Beckley, and because I had never heard of that, and I'd asked her about it, I was like, "What do you know about the country club?" And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, it was a real ritzy place. And I'm like, well, have you ever heard about the satanic, you know? And she's like, oh, yeah, everybody knew about that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. That's a real, like, um, uh, what's the movie with Simon Pegg? Like, The Hot Fuzz, where, uh, <laughs> where like, yeah, like, there's, like, the, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know how much truth there is to it, but that, it's, I guess it's one of those local legend yeah. things. And uh, That's cool. I've heard a lot of chatter about that uh, deep end antiques. Um, Linda was asking about the uh, spelling. Yes. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Looking, okay, end. so deep end two words. Cool yep. deal. It's like the deep end of the pool. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd heard all kinds of crazy things. Uh, Ron from Wild and Weird actually got some pretty strange evidence there. He, he was showing me one day. Mm -hmm. He believes there's portals there. 
And if there's any of a place that I've been to that there is, I would say that that is a place. There, there's something there. It's just, it's like this liminal space in a way, because you've you've got these old like motel rooms that are still back there, and they're still just kind of like trapped in time. And you go back there, and you just feel like you're intruding on a space that you really shouldn't be in. Um, and I don't know, like the, the deep end antique store has really kind of pushed my boundaries as an investigator and has pushed my belief system because I, I'm generally a pretty skeptical person and we've experienced stuff there that to me goes beyond my understanding of you know, like ghosts and hauntings. Um, there's something that's deeper and like older and more elemental that's at play at that land. And it's it's tried to mess with us a couple of times. I think it has tried to mimic um, the actual history that's going on there. Um, Brian and I have both experienced the girl in the one hotel room who was murdered, both were able to, you know, kind of see her in our mind's eye, kind of see what had happened to her. But then that same evening, at that same room, we were getting this really weird kind of, and I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like all of the negative emotional sludge left over from a location is just kind of pulled back there um and it's just yeah it's it's a place that you know i don't mind going like i feel fine there but we've a lot and myself included and a lot of our investigators have been touched there um the last time that we were there a couple weeks ago both Brian and I both got like a really bad headache on our left side that was like going through to our eye um, at the same time. And it it seems to kind of, some of the stuff there seems to be a little hostile. I mean, nothing like super, you know, what we would, you know, call evil, but just a little, little hostile. Like, yeah, no, I get that. Like a kind of sword chaotic almost like just yeah. a little bit like like you're saying like elemental mm-hmm. like yeah 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 and then you got the ovnik and that's a whole separate <laughs> issue <laughs> you guys know about the ovnik that's up there Mm-mm. no okay oh so, wait is it that big haunted house no the ovnik is a spirit that is at the deep end antique oh okay okay so our very first investigation up there had no idea about this thing at all. Um, so we split up into two groups and I've got my group out in the old motel room. And so we come back in and one of my investigators pulls me aside and he's like, Teresa, Travis has this little monkey cat thing. You've got to see it. And so I'm like, what? What? And so Travis, you know, has a a collection of spiders and creepy crawly things. And I'm like, he has like a pet monkey thing and nobody told me. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, I want to see it. He's like, no, no, no. He called it an Ovnik. And he said it's like a familial spirit. So in Slavic um, folklore, 
and that's you know Tra- Travis's family is um, from that area. In that folklore, there's this little thing, and it does. It looks like sort of like a, a monkey slash black cat. Um, it's it's kind of cute looking when you yeah. see like the pictures of it when you look it up, and um, it was a you know kind of like a house spirit that. If you took care of it and respected it, it would protect you and protect your property. But if you crossed it, it would burn down your silo and destroy all your grain. So like a normal cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it could be appeased with, um, it, it liked chicken and it liked bellini, which were like Russian pancakes. So we're like, huh, okay. So he's telling me that, you know, I guess a couple of them had seen this uh, while I was outside. And I was like, okay, I've got to try to see this. So I went into the room where Dominic hangs out. There's there's kind of two main public areas of the antique store. Mm-hmm. So I went into the section by myself where Dominic has been seen. And I was sitting on a couch. And everybody else was in the other room listening to a story about a haunted hat. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to sit here and watch for this thing. And as I'm sitting on the couch, there's a couple of times where I thought I may have seen like movement behind me. And maybe I thought like what kind of felt like something touched the couch, but nothing like, you know, really serious. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there for a couple of minutes and Travis ends up, you know, finishing his story about telling everybody about the hat. And he's bringing the hat back into the office and passes me. And he's like, have you seen the object yet? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I thought I saw something in the corner of my eye. I thought I felt something jump on the couch with me, but I don't think, you know, I don't think it was anything. And he's like, if you want to see it, it's right there. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> okay. And so leading into the office, right in the office, there was like this blue Tupperware or, you know, Rubbermaid tote thing, a big Rubbermaid tote full of stuff. And he's like, it's in there. Can you see it? And so I'm looking and I'm like, what the heck is that? And we're getting closer and closer to it. And I kid you not, I have a black cat at home. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I know what a little black cat peeking looks like. And I could see this thing's face and I could see its green eyes and I could see its little white teeth. And it blinked at me. And I was like, and so we're getting closer and closer to it. And like he goes out and reaches for the tote. And this thing just kind of like swoops and like disappears. And I have an existential crisis because this is not supposed to exist. (laughs) I'm not supposed to see this. And I just saw it. And I'm like, what the world was that? Um, and we've had some other interactions with it. Like, of course, like we told everybody the story at first. And uh, I think a lot of people were like, yeah, you're crazy. That didn't yeah. happen. And then Ron and Joe from <laughs> Wild and Weird, I think they both saw it when they went oh, down wow. there. Um, and a lot of people have seen it since. But we, yeah, we've had some interesting experiences with it. Um, we were trying to talk to the other ghosts there through the spirit box. And they started telling us that they were, it, they said Opnik over it, which was weird. And yeah. we're like, you know, why are you, what are you talking about? And they were saying that they were scared of it because it had red eyes and that they wanted us to give it salt to appease it. Oh, it sounds cute though. 
<laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, it, apparently, it likes me. So Though I guess it is a protective spirit. So, like, that would make yes. sense if it were mm-hmm. yeah friendlier towards the humans. Yeah, I think we have some folks in the uh, the chat that like oh, the <laughs> Avnik, uh Linda says, yeah, it sounds like her cat. <laughs> um, and Moth Mistress Sin, yeah, definitely just a cat with a little too much power. <laughs> and yeah, we do have another question from Duster. Have you ever been told to get out? Yes, um, quite a few times, actually. And we we do try to respect that. If we're in a room and something tells us to get out, we you know we will say thank you for speaking with us, and we will leave that room. Um, we don't leave the property, but we will leave that room. That seems fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, and Phil, we we're gonna have to go film up at this place one day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's an interesting one, and it's not too awfully well known either. At least I don't think it is. I, so I think you, it's about an hour from me. Yeah, the Beckley's around there. Yeah. You mentioned like some of it being tied to the antiques. Do they typically get a lot through there? That's sort of like the older kind of. Can you can you speak well, a little bit more to that? Or? Yeah. Um. So. You know, Travis has an excellent collection of strange mm-hmm. items, but his his favorite things to buy and sell and collect are uh, military memorabilia okay. and memorabilia from like police auctions <laughs> and stuff like that. So he, he has quite a provenance on some items that have been used in violent crimes and other situations. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we... Uh, there, there's this one um, knife that he has up there, and if if you ask him to do it, he'll do a little experiment with you. So there's this knife that, from what the stories that he was told from where he got it and from the research that we've done, um, a woman used this knife to kill her husband and then hid it in the house. And they said that a lot of times women will pick up this knife, not know anything about it, and get like murder stabby feelings towards their partner (laughs) wow yeah and it's amazing because like you know we had him lay him out without telling us which one was which lay that one out and a bunch of other ones on a table and a lot of our female investigators went right to that they didn't necessarily feel murder stabby Mm -hmm. but you know that that was the one that you know we we all picked up and were drawn to We'll avoid taking our spouses there when we Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> good information. Well, just don't yeah. let them pick up any dogs. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that was my first thought when uh, she said that. Um, we've got another question. Oh, you're already on it. Yeah, uh, so Linda wants to know, there's a Canadian show centered around Haunted Antiques Friday the 13th. Is this a similar type of place? I remember that show. I watched a couple episodes of that. Um... I don't. I don't think it's meant to be. <laughs> I think it's kind of. <laughs> I think it's kind of. Um, maybe kind of morphed into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't necessarily go out seeking haunted and cursed <laughs> items. They just kind of find their way to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you were talking a minute ago about the the folks trying to make, uh, like about the the old. Uh, hospital building to make sort of like the haunted amusement park almost seems like he did the similar thing of like let's collect enough items to where there's enough like 
kind of kind of weird energy here. That's cool. There's 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 a uh, a place the the guy collected. Um, I think it was haunted haunted items. Teresa, you might know what I'm talking about. I, I forget where it. It's in the very northern part of, the, of uh, West Virginia. I don't know if you've ever heard. Oh yeah, we have um, the archive of the afterlife. I believe that's what it is. Yeah, it's run by Steve Hummel with Paranormal Quest. Okay. It used it used to be right in Moundsville, like a block or so away yeah. from the prison, but he had to move it um, a little bit out of we town. We need to go there one day, but it's a bit more of a trip. But um, I've heard some things about that place too. The the old I haven't been to his new location, but where he had the old location, they would actually do paranormal investigations and stuff because it was haunted. But he he's got some really cool stuff. He also does a lot of um, military collectibles. He does a lot of funeral uh, collectibles. He's got you know coffins and he's got graveyard dirt and stuff from mm. all over like different places. Yeah, cool. he's got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Linda had a question about that location. I think like uh, uh, that there perhaps might be a portal there. Which location? I think uh, the that came through when we were talking about the um, the afterlife museum, the archive uh, of the afterlife. Okay. Unless, yeah. I, a, a portal at the archive of the afterlife or at deep end? I think that question popped up when we were talking about the archive of the afterlife. Okay. Um, I don't know about that location. I don't know enough about that one. I've only been there, you know, just to see the museum. I've never investigated up there. And I don't know if there would be a portable it, portal. He's He's got a lot of interesting stuff that there's probably some energy attached to. Um, I would say that, that there's, there's something going on, you know, at the deep end. Yeah, I've <laughs> um, heard that. I've heard portals at the deep end antiques. It, it's it's like an area you know a very small concentrated area of high strangeness like i said like my grandparents were from beckley and you know i haven't heard a lot of like bigfoot sightings or anything like that in that area there are some kind of scattered monster sightings in the general area but a lot of ufo sightings over the years in that area but just th- that little it's a little triangle of land where the deep end is um, at that crossroads is just, it's like, it, it is like a portal to some other. And I, Ron had a really good explanation for it. And I can't it was think something exactly. something with two rivers crossing or something. Was that it? Yeah, and there's underwater, ah, yes. uh, under underground water as well. So there's like three, two or three different creeks that cross each other right there as well. And then you've got underground water flowing under it as well. And that might explain a lot of the, we get a lot of uh, uh, stories and reports from uh, the town I live in. And, uh, we, you know, I've got the same thing going on. I yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I threw it up, but I think Linda was talking about the the deep end with the antique mirrors, which we've covered. That that's my fault, Linda. We're a little we're a little staggered from from where the chat is happening live to where we're talking. So I'm like trying to do the uh, and the, the, Uf- the math in my head. Yeah, the UFO sighting she's asking about right now were yeah. in Beckley, and uh, it's interesting that uh, Teresa mentioned that. I know someone that lives close to Beckley, and he told me. That uh, he could go out with a, uh, a, a like a, a camcorder just any clear night and just uh, start recording UFO activity 
almost any night that at that uh, location, and he'll get something. That's that's kind of wild, deep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much of that, because, like, that's pretty near. There's some military stuff out there, isn't there? No, that's farther south, right? I think so. Yeah. Cool. What about Greenbrier, the the, uh, resort there? That's so old. Have you ever heard? I've had people ask me if I've heard of anything there. I've heard maybe some Civil War ghosts, but I've never heard any stories. Have you ever heard anything? Yeah, it, that's one of those places that's so frustrating because they're like, yeah, Greenbrier, it's haunted. Well, okay, yeah. what, tell me some stories. They, well, it's haunted. It's got ghosts. Okay, <laughs> you know, what are you seeing? Yeah, that's exactly what I, the, the exact same thing I've heard. There's ghosts. What? Is anybody? Yeah. Okay, that's. <laughs> and I don't know if they're just, they, they want to keep that tight-lipped because, you know, it's. It's such a fancy, you know, fancy. resort now owned by our, our governor. Mm-hmm. But well, the the Greenbrier ghost in the the same town, which is an interesting story, too. I think that's the one too that has the um, the bunker for Congress under. Yes, right? yeah, mm-hmm. under the hotel. It's a pretty cool place. Really, really cool. It's in Fallout as well. I think. Yeah. Hey, Jared. Jared King's a good friend of mine who's got a similar channel where he uh, tells some really good uh, paranormal stories. Definitely check him out. Um, Oh, one I was going to ask you about, Teresa. Well, actually, you might want to... I didn't know if you wanted to talk about the Haunted Hammond, too. I know you go there a lot. Yeah, sure. Or would you rather go to the one I was going to ask you about, which we... Either or. <laughs> Either or. Um, do you want to yep. talk about your TNT area investigation? I bet a lot of our fans would be interested to hear that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so the TNT area, I think most of you probably have a, if you watch this channel, <laughs> then you have a pretty good You're a smidge idea. of a Mothman focus sometimes. <laughs> Uh, the TNT area slash wildlife, or you know, McClintic Wildlife Management Area. Um, it's back where during World War II is, you know, they had, they built these little, we call them igloos today or bunkers, um, but they were manufacturing TNT, you know, for the war effort. And things were, you know, pretty kind of secretive. Um, but they took all this farmland north of Point Pleasant to build this huge, like, military installation um, where they manufactured and processed all this stuff for the war effort. And they had to move a lot of cemeteries to do this, which I thought was kind of interesting. They had to move about a dozen small family cemeteries. Um, And if you know anything about West Virginia soil, our soil is very acidic. Mm -hmm. And so you can't really move the bodies from that time period, you know, back Civil War, you know, some of these went back to the Revolutionary War um, because there's not much left. Um, A lot of times the only thing that you'll find is maybe some uh, darker dirt to show that some organic matter was there and maybe some buttons or a sole of the shoe. So (laughs) they they had to move the cemeteries, but uh, there's probably still a lot of bodies out there. Anyway, um, they so did early what 19- might be described as their best. 
they they might have tried their best. Even that's debatable. Yeah. <laughs> even that place just went up a even... level and creepy for me. <laughs> oh. uh, so this this area was um you know they built this in the 1940s and the idea of the igloos or the bunkers was so that they could store the tnt area and they're you know these huge the walls of these things are so thick and they've got these huge metal doors and they're completely covered over with like earth and grass and now like trees and plants and everything's growing over them and the idea was the way that they're staggered is so that if one blew up it wasn't going to take out the whole thing but also so you know enemy planes if they flew over wouldn't necessarily see them that well especially in the dark so anyway, after World War II was over and stuff, they kind of quickly decommissioned everything. Um, the government still owned some of the bunkers and stored stuff in it, but also private owners could rent these bunkers. So they still stored explosive material out there. Um, one of them blew up. Oh, yeah, yeah, one of them blew up not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, I filmed yeah, it. They, it's in, it's in, uh, it's, uh, in our TNT area video. I mean, not the explosion, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the result of it, yeah. yeah. But back, you know, in November of 1966, um, you know, two young couples were out that way, and that's, you know, where the whole Mothman legend really got its start. At, you know, at the North Power Plant out there, they saw what became known as Mothman. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of theories. Okay, well was Mothman a government experiment? Was he the result of some sort of mutation because of all the chemicals? Even, I know during the 80s, probably even still today, they tell you, like, don't go fishing out there. If you do, don't actually eat anything mm-hmm. or they touch anything that you put out there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it was a huge, super fun cleanup site because of all the chemicals that were leaching out of that area. Um, so, you know, did that have something to do with Mothman or was it just kind of a safe place for him to hide? Um, ever since I was younger, that whole area has been kind of an awesome place to go what we call legend tripping. That's, you know, in high school, everybody would go out there because three of the bunkers for as long as I can remember have been open. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're fairly respectful, people don't care if you go out there and, you know, look around at, you know, the museum, all the local people, they'll give you instructions and directions how to get there if you don't know how to get there. You're plugging into GPS uh, now, too. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy to find yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, like, what time of year, what time of day you go, there's usually somebody already out there. There's people out hunting um, out there, too. I've ran into a... Yeah, that. That, that's, that's kind of the hard part of, like, actually doing, like, investigations out there is because there's always hunting dogs out there banned. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, and there's always people walking. Um, we were out there, our group, not too long ago. We were just kind of, you know, just messing around and running some audio and stuff in one of the bunkers. And this kid just walks in. And this kid's probably like seven or eight. <laughs> and they send him in first. And we're, tra- we're talking, you know, pretty loudly. And uh, I can't imagine somebody's parents just be like, yeah, there's, there's a bunker full of people in there. Go on in. Go on. <laughs> um, but I actually, I had a ghost experience out there. Um, gosh, this was, my son's 13. This was before my son was born. So probably 14 or 15 years ago. 
I went out there with a friend and this was not down the normal path of bunkers that everybody goes down. Um, there's like, I think there's like four or five bunkers now that are real easy to get to and real open down this one path. Well, we had gone down this other path um, where some of the privately owned ones were because he found this like pallet of like blasting caps or something outside of one and wanted to show me. And so we walked down there and as we were walking back, each of the little roads are passed to the bunkers all of them sort of have like a different little gate or something to it like a little yeah. farm gate or something like that and so we were walking back well first okay first as we were walking down i smelled something and it smelled like a dead animal and i commented on it and he didn't smell it and i was like uh, how can you not smell it it smells like something dead like right here and he's like i don't smell it you're crazy so we were walking back and i still smelled it in the same area and we were getting ready to go back over like the farm gate and I'm trying to like step over this thing and kind of hold on to the pole at the same time. And my foot is like caught in this big weed. And so I'm like tangled up in this like vine or weed thing and I'm laughing and I'm like struggling and I'm kind of looking down like this and holding on to the pole. And I'm like, I can't get my leg free. Why can't I, you know, why can't I move my leg? And I see something approach me from my right side. And it's this guy. And I still have my head down. So I'm just kind of seeing him in my peripheral vision. But it's this younger guy. And he's kind of on the smaller side. And he's wearing a white t-shirt and has shorter dark hair. And he puts his hand like on my shoulder, one on my shoulder and one on my waist to steady me so I can get loose from this weed. And it didn't even occur to me at the time that that guy wasn't actually there because the guy that I was with was, he had super long, long, light brown hair, um, was not wearing a white t-shirt, was wearing a black shirt and was not on my right side, was already on my left side way over here. And so when it hit me, cause I was like, oh, okay, thanks. I looked up and I was like, uh, and I didn't say anything at first. And the guy that I was with could tell that something had happened. And he's like, did you see something? And I'm like, um, maybe let's, let's, <laughs> let's just get out of here. <laughs> wow. That is wild. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's kind of a hard place to actually investigate, investigate, but we've gone down there a couple of times and kind of ran some audio and stuff. And we, we've heard stuff. But you can't really say for sure, like, you know, oh, is, is that something or is it not? Um, and even, like, you know, pictures and stuff, like, you know, light bounces around so weird and crazy. And yeah. it's down, too. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have another question uh, coming in from Linda. She wants... Uh, there's a chem spill in her area, and she's seen another a number of two-headed birds and other wildlife defects, and was wondering if you ran into anything like that there. Um, I haven't personally. Um, I don't do a whole lot with cryptids and monsters in my investigation work. I usually stick to ghosts and hauntings. But, yeah, you know, we had that huge water crisis. Um, I guess, what was that, 2014, maybe? No, that was several years ago. Um, and I was always wondering, like, oh, is that going to affect things in this area? But 
I, I've never, I've never seen anything as big as a bird um, be that deformed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every once in a while around here, like, you know, of course we got like frogs with extra legs yeah. <laughs> sticking out of the back of them and stuff. But You've been turtles. Yeah. Jimmy, either. I haven't I haven't seen any of those down at the TNT area, but I don't I don't really never, play with the wildlife. I, I haven't <laughs> seen a whole lot there. of wildlife there. But uh, people tell me they get that that uh, people go fishing the the, uh, the big pond area. I've never mm-hmm. seen any fish personally, but uh, uh, people have told me that uh, folks go and go fishing in there. I've mostly just seen frogs and some birds. we had something we were leaving the last time we were there and walking along the path and i I mean i guess it was a big bullfrog or something because that's what it sounded like but it jumped across the path in front of us and landed in the water and it sounded like a deer or something it was so huge it made this big splash of pool (laughs) and we're like what was that It's an inch. I need to take Phil up there one day. He's never been. Yeah, you gotta go. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I it, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a, a really awesome place to go to. There, they don't talk about it so much anymore. Um, but there there used to be a shop in Point Pleasant run by a guy named Elvis, and Elvis used to have in his shop a bunch of pictures of orbs that you know, he and other people were taken out there. And if you ever asked him about it, um, his explanation was that there was a lot of Native American spirits out that way. And there's kind of some interesting folklore to kind of back that up. Well, not folklore, but um, there is a small burial mound not too far down the road back towards Huntington called the Maymore Mounds. Um, That still exists. It's super small. It's on private property. But if you look at old newspaper articles, there were so many small burial mounds up and down the river through there that farmers just, you know, they plowed over because, you know, that wasn't a big deal to yeah. them at the time. Yeah, and there was a big battle there, too. When, yeah, the Battle with, of Point yeah. wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm actually surprised that the, uh, I can't pronounce that part. <laughs> I, I've never. To Indy we. I'm surprised. It's a lot. <laughs> I'm surprised people don't. I, we haven't heard of people seeing or hearing things from that park, honestly. You know, for years people didn't talk about that being haunted, and then like all of a sudden, there's just been a couple of little articles like Tuindiwee Park. People have seen shadow figures oh, really? walking around. Yeah, like I've just recently found that. Huh. But yeah, you think there'd be more stuff about during what happened there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do have on site, they have a really interesting uh, artifact there called, uh, I think it's called the Water Panther Stone. Um, it, it was hieroglyph, petroglyph, whatever you call them. Um, that, I don't know the whole story of it off the top of my head, but it, it basically is a representation of um, one of the early names for the Canal River was River of Evil Spirits. Mm. And the water panther was supposed to kind of cause whirlpools and drag enemies to their death if that's really cool that's yeah. a cool yeah. bit of they, history. they have it on they have it they have it on display down there where's it where's it on display at is it the uh... it's at two indie Wii. yeah it's oh, just right there in the yard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. probably seen it 
<laughs> yeah, you probably walked right yeah, past probably. it. It's um, it's it's near the little cabin they call the mansion house. It's okay. under. It, lo- it looks like an informational sign type thing. It's underneath that. I, I, That's cool. I don't know. I probably, I probably have walked by it a couple times. Yeah, Linda had asked if uh, if they had found any artifacts. So that that is a that is a pretty impressive one that they have found indeed. <laughs> Yeah, and kids growing up in the Point Pleasant area said that, you know, it was nothing to, you know, find arrowheads and other, oh, yeah. you know, small oh. artifacts, like, you know, all the time. Yeah, I went scuba diving for fossils in South Carolina a few years ago, and that was a lot of what you found was, like, old pottery shards, old um, arrowheads. It's, I mean, I and I assume every other river around here is probably kind of more the same of, like, just on the bottom. We need to do some videos where uh, Phil goes scuba diving around Point Pleasant and in Canal. TNT yeah, area. <laughs> I might do a dry <laughs> suit if we do the TNT area. Otherwise, I might itch for a little while. <laughs> well, if you do the Ohio or the Canal, you you all have heard the the legends about the catfish that are as big oh, as yeah, yeah. sliding buses down there. <laughs> also oh yeah, that, uh, there's, there's that I, uh, uh, Ohio River monster. And then um, yeah. there's that uh, flying manatee thing. Is it a, no, it's not a manatee. It's a mantis ray. Yeah, I've heard about that too. That, that makes one, more that sense awesome. than a flying manatee. A flying manatee would be like just like a blimp. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the uh, oh, Linda asked. Yeah, has a question. The, it, it's um, in the you, uh, it's in the park there. Oh, they have a museum in yeah, the park. Yes. Okay. Um, it's it's outside, so you don't oh. have to go into the museum. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, when you were describing it, I was thinking like, mm-hmm. no, yeah. yeah. Right so outside. you know, to to Indy Wee Park is uh, it's like the smallest state park in the world, or something. It's only you know it's real tiny. Um, so there's the bit the big monument, the big obelisk monument, um, the little cabin that they call the mansion house, which has the museum in it, and then the Water Panther Stone. If you're looking at the river. Um, it's off to the right and it it does look like it's just like um where they would have the electricity hooked up or something <laughs> if you're looking at it that way but if you go back around it it's it's in a it's like in a little cage with like a little backboard behind it it's real hard to see um but yeah you can look into it and see the the water panther stone and i have pictures of it on my website too if you want to get like a good picture of it with the the chalk in it yeah yeah we'll 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 find a link to that and and post it out that's um ooh, how do we spell the park's name that would be um i can get i can hop in chat and yeah type it in. that would be awesome if you could yeah I, was, um jimmy i think a bit ago you were gonna ask her about another another site um that that she had visited or Ah, oh, the haunted yeah. Hammond that uh, we're yeah. trying to get to to film. Actually, <laughs> Teresa's going to help get us in there, I think, one day. I'll see you there. Awesome. Oh, did both of you freeze on me? No, no, no. Yeah, the haunted Hammond house is is really special for SRI because that was the first investigation that we did as SRI. So that that's kind of special. Mm-hmm. But it's also special because it's it's just an awesome, awesome place. And we've had some really cool stuff happen there. Uh, it's this 
old uh, Victorian house built in the late 1800s, uh, I think it was 1896, 1897, in Sutton. And it was the home to um, William Edgar Haymond. And he was kind of a very influential citizen. Uh, he brought the railroad to town. He was a politician. He was a lawyer. He had stake in the local bank. I mean, he was just, he has finger and, you know, all sorts of different pots. And he lived there with his first wife, whose name was Emma, and their two daughters. And now, Emma passed away while living in the house under kind of strange circumstances, because at the West Virginia State Archives website, she does not have a death certificate. Hmm. At the Braxton County um, Courthouse, they can't find her vital statistic death. Um, so we do have one newspaper clipping that says, you know, when she died. So we, we do know she died. She died and um, her wake and everything was held at the house. And it's kind of interesting because there's been a lot of investigators that have spent the night at the Heyman house. Um, it's awesome. It's owned by a lady named Teresa Frame who was kind of drawn to this house um, she purchased it. She restored it. It was in rough, rough shape. And she runs it like a bed and break or like a Airbnb, basically. Mm -hmm. So you can rent it. It's got several, you know, big bedrooms, lots of nice, comfy places to sleep. Um, and luckily, you know, we've, we've slept there <laughs> probably four or five times now, maybe more. Um, but it's, it's a really, it's a really, really nice house. And a lot of the same information keeps being passed to different investigation groups through EVP, through voice box, through, you know, all any kind of um, communication way. This is the same information. And we keep getting that something happened on the stairs. Somebody fell, somebody was pushed, some, something bad happened on the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah. don't know if that's Emma. Uh, but there are rumors that um, Mr. Heyman himself was a little bit of a womanizer and may or may not have been seeing um, maybe even a member of the help. Um, yeah. And so his, his, he's one of the main dominant spirits. There, there's different yeah. sightings, different things that have happened there, but the two main like apparitions and stuff that have been seen are Mr. Heyman and Emma. And he remarried and his second wife, you know, outlived him. And, you know, she, she actually didn't die in the house. She moved away before she passed away. Um, but his office is up on the third floor. And a lot of times, uh, especially um, women will go up there and they will be touched um, sometimes not necessarily hostily, but maybe I've, I've been scratched up there. I've had my legs scratched up there and not like bad, not like maliciously, but like where I could feel like that wasn't like a nice, gentle touch. Yeah. That was, hey, I'm getting your attention. Um, but he, he feels a little standoffish. He feels very domineering. And he will sometimes touch women inappropriately. Um, a couple of groups, including us, have captured an EVP of a woman screaming in the house. Um, but my, my big personal connection is with Emma. Um, I've seen Emma a couple of times and I've heard her. 
uh, the very first time that we ever investigated the house, um, it was just me and Brian at the time. Nobody else can make it to that very first investigation. So it was just him and myself. And we were on the second floor in the hallway. And he goes up the staircase up to the third floor where Mr. Heyman's office was. And so I'm like, I'll be up there in a minute. I'm going to stay on this floor. Well, Emma had been seen on that floor several times walking from one bedroom, which was believed her bedroom into the children's bedroom. And I, you know, I had seen what I thought was like something white, like go behind me or I was sitting on the couch in, you know, the same direction. And so I'm like, I'm going to sit down here and see if I can see it again. And after a few minutes, I was like, oh, I'm going to go up and join him upstairs. And I get to the foot of the stairs and it's as clear as if somebody was right beside me. I heard this soft woman's voice say, you don't want to go up there. And I think that it was her telling me, you know, no, you you don't want to go up in, you know, the the man's office. (laughs) You know, he's he doesn't like women up in his office. You don't want to go up there. Bad things happen on the stairs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and it's just, we, we've had all kinds of strange things happen there. We, we've had the front door fly open while we were there. Um, that was really weird. I'm trying to think of all the strange things we've had there. Um, the last public investigation we did while we were there. Um, you know, we had a group from the public come in and we had another investigator named Vanessa. She was there to help us. And she had a group upstairs and we were downstairs in the parlor and we had, you know, all of our little toys set up in the parlor on a table so people could pick them up, play with them, look at them and then go use them to investigate. And we also had walkie talkies so we could stay in contact with each other. So Vanessa had her walkie talkie upstairs and we had ours downstairs and we hear on our walkie talkie, this woman's voice come over and it sounded exactly like Vanessa and she sounded really distressed and it was like, hello, hello, hello. And uh, then it goes dead. So we call back and we're like, are you okay? What's going on? Do you need us? And she's like, that wasn't me. I heard it too. (laughs) And so we're like, we're all sitting around. We're like, okay, so what, what's our plan of action? What, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? And, you know, all of our half a dozen or so little EMF detectors, um, all of our little cat balls, all our little stuff like that, that anything that could light up in that middle of the table just lit up at the same time and just started beeping and going crazy. And it was right there in the middle of that table. And we're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Yeah. That's cool. We've had all kinds of strange things happen there. Yeah, I can't that wait like to really... film that place. Yeah, it sounds like a really interesting yeah. place. Maybe we can get into the uh, Elk Hotel while we're there, too. Yeah. That's a... Yeah, I would love to get into the Elk. I know Les was trying to help me get in there and... I know they had some family yeah, issues. Yeah, the, so. uh, the owner's dad got very sick with uh, COVID. And, uh, and, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah, it's a, sounds a cool area in general. Like, we, Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. And it's becoming such, like, a little paranormal yeah. playground. Like, you know, it started with... Um, 
you know, I don't know if you've been to the Flatwoods mm-hmm. Museum before. It was in its oh, no. it's in its current location. So it used to be one tiny little case over um, in the the outlet mall area in the convention and visitors bureau. And then Andrew Smith just really, I mean, turned it into something great. And now it's got its own little spot with all kinds of cool stuff. And people come from all over the world to learn about the Flatwoods monster. And then they put in the yep. Bigfoot museum right down the street. And it's going to turn into a... Oh, I was going to say there's a guy making pepperoni rolls at the cafe attached to the Bigfoot museum, too, yep. which is one of my favorite things. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really, it's a cool town. Awesome. Well, yeah, they're really trying to. Yeah, yeah, they're turning into something. There, awesome. There's, there's even like a, a a game store there, like right down from the Flatwoods Museum now too. And uh, the lady that owns the Bigfoot Museum was telling us about all these businesses that are opening up there. And oh yeah, there's the uh, uh, Joe and Ron are going to be doing the Flatwoods Monster Convention in September. I'm going to try to go to that. And they're doing it at the uh, big hotel. Right off the interstate. I believe it's right off the interstate. Yep. That's going to be really cool. Awesome. Good deal. Well, thank you for coming on, Teresa. This has been really great. Yeah, it's, it's been really interesting to hear your well, stories. Thank you for having me. I'm going to have to circle or back around if you want and try and get some of those stories for it from you for you know the channel and the site. And, yeah, definitely. You know, that would be awesome. Those were some yeah. really good stories. And for everyone watching, be sure to check out her blog. It's linked in the uh, description of the the YouTube video. But uh, it's Teresa's Haunted History of the Tristate.blogspot.com. It's uh, really cool. And like we mentioned earlier, stuff uh, on on that blog going back to 2011 and even some, some older stuff from 2006 from the free web. So it's a, it's a really great resource. There's a lot of a lot of fun articles on there. But yeah, um, thank you again so much for coming on. Well, thank you. It was fun. Yeah, it was. It was a blast. And take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.